Welcome to the Game Agenda, a podcast for four gay guys bring board gaming out of the closet and onto the table. I'm Kevin. I'm Larry. I'm Ben. And I'm Matt. And on the agenda today, the main topic will be the game Photosynthesis. Ooh. But first, we have some other uh, points to handle on the agenda. Oh. We will be discussing some of our previous plays. We will be hitting up some party poppers a little later. Hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, there's some fun there. But let's start with um, what we've been playing maybe in the last week. Uh, I know, Larry, you play like 10 games a day, so do you add up all of those? 10. Could yes. you, could you um, gracious with uh, Is there anything you can illuminate us with on this episode about photosynthesis? Well, Ooh. I recently got my uh, Kickstarter delivery of Kingdom Death Monster. Okay. A 50-pound box. <laughs> oh, my God. And got some of the miniatures put together. Mm-hmm. Um, and put together? The, you have yeah. to put them together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Uh, you have to glue them together and get them all painted. And oh, there's like... That sounds awesome. Yeah, it is. Do you paint and it? You can, do you paint it? Yeah. And um, liar. No, I do paint. Well, you do do paint. I just the ones that we played with weren't. Are they pre-painted though? No. 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 Okay. Paint in the ass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, a little, I, a little bond. I suppose it could be. <laughs> um, so I got the figures put together and painted and played our first couple uh, years of the settlement here. I'm sad to say that we died horribly in the first prologue fight. That is correct. We didn't, I'm, I'm also playing What is in Kingdom Death campaign. Monster actually about? Oh. My only impression of it is it's just it's a box with a bunch of minis in it. Yeah. That's a lot. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. true. Yeah. So uh, you are uh, one of four survivors, basically, who wake up in this weird and crazed world and basically are attacked by a lion and then uh, beat it and make a village and try to survive while killing... A white lion, a screaming antelope. You're like in this hard, hard, just like screaming at all these strange well, you, you kind monsters. of are this hard like community in a hellscape bizarre. land. It's a hell bizarro safari. And these things just keep coming and attacking, and your job is to like have sex, but make you're also babies building and a community. Yeah, it's like a city building game. Kind of. Do you no. want to get back no, to your no, alternate? No, no. no. You're building, it's not. you get in, uh, innovations, and then you build like armor. Oh, I like technology. It's, it's yeah. all. Do stuff. you want to get back to where you came from? No, no. there is nowhere there is else. Nowhere else. This is this is the world. Wow, that's it. You're and in you a just, hellscape. You just and how up. do you survive there? And basically, you have Kill babies things. so they can be other people who can fight these things. It's, no. a, it's a circle yes. of life. And all like antelopes. a full-on disclaimer. So this was released. This is the version this one point five. Okay. So version mm. one point and some of one point five. Here comes um, one of those beats right now. Oh, yes, ah. it's, that's a giant husky. Yes. Um, uh, had some issues with overly voluptuous women. They oh. were pinup figures. They weren't part of the core oh set. Oh my god! Now I remember this Kickstarter. It yes. was like disgusting. It, it, it wasn't disgusting. It was oh, they were a little like overly. It was like the guys were normal but, and they were like they no, no, there were no, there weren't really guys in there. It was mostly oh. women. But now in the new version, they also had. Well proportioned men as well. Oh, so they have oh, hot okay. guys. I they like that. Really hot guys. Oh, okay. Bathing in blood and you know yeah. just what you so, want to say. It was kind of fun. I'm I'm looking forward to those figures as well. Yeah, that's exciting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ben, yeah, what have are... you been playing? Well, uh, it's funny that you should ask because uh, you, Kevin, Larry, and I, we, uh, we all played um, Dinosaur Island. Well, we yes. sort of stumbled our way through it, I should say. Stumbled, yeah. yeah. It was, so Matt, basically, have you heard of Dinosaur Island before, Matt? Um, I have heard of you talking about it. Okay, well, <laughs> that's basically the same. Um, so uh, I did like a late pledge on Kickstarter for this game because it's essentially Jurassic Park, the board game. Where everyone has a like a little theme park, and you are like you're, you're installing rides and attractions. Oh but my of course, gosh. It's like dinosaurs. I love theme parks. Yeah, and but like, don't undersell the '90s look of this game. Well, yes, the, oh, the so it's all like no, it's, it's like, like all neon colors. Oh, it's like, okay. It's like it's intentionally like, garish. It's like it's very garish. In just the right way. Like at first you look at this and you're like, is this the ugliest thing I've seen? And then you're like, no, this is perfect. It's, it's like, like intentional. The, yeah, the little plastic shapes of like pterodactyls and brontosaurus. Yeah, so it's like zoo slash theme park. You're holding dinosaurs yes. in your yes, zoo, or yeah, whatever? yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you, you have these Jurassic dinosaur- Park. Yes, okay. <laughs> like the zoo. Does Jurassic, Jurassic Park have rides though? Yes, not really. You're in well, that, like, I mean, Jurassic giant, World does. Like ball. Oh, like, Jurassic World does not count. <laughs> I would Whoa. actually agree with that. I think I'm a purist as well. But either way, anyway, I like so, Jurassic World. I didn't like Jurassic fine. World or Jurassic. Did you see the Part previews three. for Jurassic World 2? I'm, no. I'm not going to get that. Yeah, yes. this is Jurassic. I, 
where, looks, where was it Chris Pratt goes back and like becomes friends again with that one dinosaur. The that fact they brought with. back that motif that that, that stupid dino blue Don't move. was like blue. We're like buddy, oh it's my blue. God. Like, like the, oh god, the psychological raptor. Right, that the raptor finds. Yeah, I must there. admit, I did not. And see then T Rex like World. saves them again or something. I'm like, yeah, the T Rex saves them. The T Rex. Yeah, it's like another T Rex in the trailer or something. Oh my god, not since Jaws four has there been such a turn of events. Yeah, I mean, I'll still see it because I love Jurassic. Let's talk about Dinosaur Island instead. So, sounds a lot better. So basically, we all have dinosaurs, yes. but then um, the dinosaurs, like the dinosaurs, create security risks, and if you don't have proper security, they will eat people. Oh, this is so fun! Life always finds a way. Um, but there's like a lot of stuff around it. There's like you have to research. You have to get DNA to make your make your di- dinosaurs. Then you have to like get mm. rest, dinosaur recipes, and you have to you you build out your labs and you build out your Did theme you ever park. Discuss how you go about getting the DNA. You uh, um, the de- in the game mosquitoes yes. so amber amber <laughs> it's all amber it's very yeah. scientific you put your your thing with the dye so there's like a lot of stuff going on in the game and Is so it we a work played replacement game or it's yes. like everything it's like work replacement it's nice. do you it's... physically build your park. Is your deal yeah. with physical presence, yeah. or is it like cards, or what is it? It is cards. Card tiles. No, it's tiles. tiles. Okay. It's like with the rides on them. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a little bit of everything. Um, so There's we dice that get rolled. Ooh, and you I want to play this. It is super so, early '90s design too. The cards and everything about it is great. Yeah, I would say so. Like out of the gate, like I thought it was going to be a little bit better than it was out of the gate. Oh. So two things. First of all, I gave Were you like not a, in love with it. Well, I well, I'll, I'll explain. We played like the really short, short we, version. So we played, yeah, we kind of played almost like not even the proper full game. So it was short, and then we were like rushing. I was truncated, and then I also admittedly gave sort of like a herky jerky rules explanation. And sometimes if you have a herky jerky rules explanation, it can kind of be like, wait, what are we doing? You know? So it was sort of like we just sort of like wet. We dipped our toes into it, so it was like fine. But I kind of am like I'm reserving my actual opinion until I play like a, have a proper plan because mm. I kind of I feel like. With the medium or the long game, especially, you'll get really into like balancing how it all goes because you're trying to attract visitors, you're trying to keep them alive, and get money and get points, and there's like a lot of stuff going on. Keep those hooligans off your yard. Yeah, they're hooligans. hooligans. There's hooligans. Oh. hooligans. Oh. Oh. So I, it's like a Six Flags park. So I personally felt like you know the short game on the heels of my not so great rules explanation was like not the ideal gaming experience but i'm i i, want, I definitely want to play it again because i, I feel like it could be it super fun i love theme parks and jurassic park i thought your rules explanation was fine really yeah. i felt like i was being very herky jerk i get a lot of host anxiety i think we had a couple rules. instances of not understanding where something could go but i don't think we had to do the rules. i know what yeah. it's like whenever i'm teaching rules and I, I can tell whether i'm doing a good job yes and i'll be like oh, i'm doing such a bad job and everyone's like no you're doing good and i'm like Look, to you, this seems like it's a good explanation. Not but as, I know how to explain not to break games, it to you, and I'm doing a terrible job. But the only reason people say you're doing a good job is because they don't want to do the explanation. <laughs> well, you do, actually. You True. always are. You're a great game rules explainer. You're a game. Good, yeah, you are definitely good. You should always do it so I don't have to. Yeah. When I know a game, I'm good at explaining the rules. Well, I've this... only played it like once or twice. It's... I want a... you to explain to everyone the rules to the Virgin Queen. Because that game... If I played it, it would be because I learned the rules. That yeah. would have to be a whole separate episode. Several episodes, that, Several episode probably. series to learn all the rules <laughs> to the Virgin Queen. Yeah, I, I'm not even going to go there. But that being what, said... What, afraid of virgins? And queens. <laughs> and queens. But, but I will say... There's there's four right here. Like, you know, when, you, when you're <laughs> teaching queens rules to someone... <laughs> when you're teaching rules to someone, there is anxiety. Because you know you are like... There's buy-in when you bring a game to the table, and if people are maybe not quite in the mood, whatever you want to like, you want there to be as few roadblocks to fun as possible. And if you give like a confusing uh, uh, or not so smooth rules explanation, then mm-hmm. you know people may check out and be like, I don't know, I don't know. And then all of a sudden you're like, they're not gonna have fun, and then I get the I feel the anxiety. But I gotta say, if a rules explanation is like overly detailed and overly precise and technical, I check out too because I'm like, hurry up, I, yeah. I like I don't need to know. That this spot here means use one energy because <laughs> it's clear on the board. That, like, right. like you know, uh, a yeah. rule explanation that's too detailed is you don't also need to really strategy and rules explanations. That's what yeah. people are like. Okay, oh, yeah. this is how this works. Now let me tell you all the strategy about it. I'm like, just you know, I'll figure it out. I yeah, can, I'm smart. I understand that. But that being said, I, I, I mean, what did you guys think about Dinosaur Island? It was too short for me to be able to kind of assess. I felt like the short game was really, really short. Yeah. I think in one turn, I completed two of the three objectives that we needed to do. Yeah. Yeah, It was like turn three and wasn't quite enough to 
really get a feel for the game. Yeah. But I, you know, I like the the bag piece, but kind of bringing people in and the strategy involved in like which genetic pieces to try and get and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, is it a game that I could see myself playing though repeatedly? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I gotta agree with Larry. I feel like it's a game that I need to have an event around, meaning like somebody's like, let's all play Dinosaur yes. Island and we're gonna bring it and all like make our parts. And then it becomes like a little bit more of fun I agree. play. I agree. Um, just being like, what are we gonna play? Oh, well, there's Dinosaur Island. And we kind of wedged it in, you know, because we had played we had played Rogers the Ganges before that. Yeah, and so. then we wedged it in. You had to go to a party or something, so we sort of just like so it was, had it to was be just done like quickly. not not an idea. Did not let it breathe. As no, game should no, you'll have to play at least one more time with me. Yeah, uh, I think 100%. it's worth it. I think it's definitely worth it. Yeah, I definitely want to play it, especially since I spent a lot of money on that deluxe edition. So. Well, the deluxe edition was <laughs> worth it though because it's super deluxe. Those super deluxe. little plastic dinosaurs were amazing. Yeah, and then you get a, a slap bracelet for your first player. Oh my token. God, it's so nineties. It's a slap bracelet. Oh you, my god! Do you know what a slap? Bracelet yes, is? I know what a slap bracelet is. Yeah, okay, you're a little young. We called them snakes. <laughs> Dead silence. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, well, because right. they weren't like the ones that we had. They had like a picture of a snake on it. He okay. was literally like whipping snakes at people's wrists. Enough. I call an end to the Dinosaur Island discussion. But we would love to hear, Matt, from you. What have you been playing? Recently? I didn't have any time for Dinosaur Island because I've been too busy with Gloomhaven, oh, which I got goodness. not that long ago, and I have a whole play group. We've been doing a campaign. Uh, playing all together every week, and I love it. Uh, I played before with Larry's copy, um, where I played the Cragheart, which was really fun, and now I'm playing the Mind Thief, uh, oh, which is even he's, better. He's really, oh, he's really interesting to play. I love him. I, the thing with Gloomhaven is I just love how many different characters there are, and mm-hmm. I love the strategy behind it. And uh, yeah, it's just been a blast. Uh, we're not playing fast enough, though. That's my only problem. Is like we need to increase the prosperity of the city and unlock new stuff. Well, you're uh, not playing evil then. You're playing good. We're playing good again. Oh, uh, I wanted to play evil, and then other people didn't want to. And at the same time, I was kind of like, oh, if we're evil, then we got to pay more money for our items, and then it just increases knows. the difficulty. But we are doing some evil things because <laughs> oh, that's the point. as long as you're acting as evil, as you can, yeah, yeah we're matter. trying to get away with what we can without affecting our reputation. So like. They'll be like, oh, there's like a thing here. And we'll be like, we steal it. Uh, it'll be like, it's the cover of Night. But I'm like, well, since I'm the mind thief, I can just like sneak in there and steal it. And if nobody sees, then my reputation won't go down. And so we've gotten some extra money that way. We did a really cool side quest and got this like awesome summon. No spoilers. So yeah. summons in that game, generally, I feel like are like they're not very, they're good, not very good. But we got an awesome one from a side quest. Oh, this great. is an oh. item, actually. Yeah, uh, this is all like Greek to me. I have you no, no idea, idea what like any yeah, of this means. I the know. Dark side. No, I'm I'm totally open to Gloom, Gloomhaven, even though it's not my typical game. But you know, I enjoyed when we played the uh, when Kevin, Larry, and I played uh, Too Many Bones. Yes, <laughs> Too Many Bones. That was enjoyable. How many? Which bones was not. There? It was, it was too not. Many. There were too many. Too many. There were too many. And yet not way enough. Too many. Uh, it's a we've common got, problem. Yeah, we played that game. That was a silly game that we played for like four hours, and it was still actually like really fun. We got beat horribly by. I don't even think we made it to the boss, right? Oh my goodness! I think we We... got destroyed before them. No, you're right. We didn't. We went through like two hours of this is fine. We're moving along, but then all of a sudden, like, oh no, sorry, game's hard now, and then we just died. And then it was, and then it was over, (laughs) and then just ended. I like that with Gloomhaven too. I feel like there's a there's it's a hard game. It's like it's not like easy. You have to really play your characters well to do well. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's not a done deal that you're going to get through the dungeons or. Whatever. I backed an expansion for Too Many Bones. Oh, it's really? called, I think, Too Many Bones Undertow, and it will oh. hopefully be out in a couple months. They Way really too many bones. Yeah, too many bones. I'm sorry, they missed a lot of missed opportunities with that name. <laughs> is there too like many a, bones was asking yeah, for Yeah, is there like a Too Many Bones Virgin Queen crossover experience? Three Many Bones. Have? Yeah, well. Right, is you're, you're in the, the power of the You're on timeout. By the way, why, I, what's the deal with I heard you, so uh, the that's virgin component situation. Oh wait, what are you talking? Gloomhaven. Gloomhaven. Oh, I thought you were talking about the virgin. Oh my god! No, yes. so is there like a component yes. issue with yes, the one? Yes, You got the second round um, of, because this is the yeah. second Kickstarter. They printed a bajillion copies, but the quality control is not good. I got, oh. I got mine. Listen, those are the pieces falling apart. <laughs> that's how heavy the game is. It just yes. drops into it. It is like a twenty, literally a twenty-two pound. The dog has a bone. Everyone, did they use it? That's the sound of. She's too many bones. Too many bones. 
bones. Too many bones, dog. Too many bones. <laughs> That's my husky phoenix. She, yes, she has too many she bones. She's out of the audio with that excitement. Um, but, sorry, the game is like 22 pounds, but the punch boards are not great. Most of them are fine, but some of them, the glue literally like was not applied. So I get my punch board and it's like, the one side just comes off. Oh, fine. Like, because it wasn't glued properly. So the, the, the punch board is made out of like a cardboard piece in the middle of whatever yeah. thickness, plus like two sheets of paper that are glued onto the top and the bottom. Right. right? So one of the sheets, one of those sheets of paper was just was like not glued on. Not glued. Wow. So it was like is glued, it... but not all the way. So one of my punch boards, some of the pieces basically just the backsides just fell off. Did he use a different uh, manufacturer this time? No, or... I think they used. It's Panda both times. I gotta tell you, speed is probably yeah, where this it's, comes. They in. were like, we need to make forty thousand copies like ASAP. So wow. think it happened fast. Mm-hmm. That Kickstarter and then to delivery yeah. was quicker than so I thought were, possible. Were other people? Other people the, had that issue. I other back, people had some issues with it. I, I think. backed the upgraded stuff, and I still haven't gotten my upgraded components to like the health spinner, wheel spinner, and some of the Ooh, other stuff. Oh my gosh, the health dials are so nice. <laughs> like having played the previous version, where you have this horrible, like fiddly. Thing you're trying to keep track of having the dials is like way better mm. hmm. yeah but it's i i think i still think it's great even though it some of my pieces were a little bit broken i had I, to glue them together i hope he doesn't have the same kind of component issues with um founders of gloomhaven did you I, ask I, that I back that i back that I, i'm excited to try that why is it so well? ugly why do you have to ask if i back it of course i back well it. i don't know I you, didn't, you didn't back welcome to centerville <clears throat> remember well that wasn't a kickstarter that that's was true. a gmt thing that's true I don't know. You didn't back brass, right? I'm the back. Yeah, the but brass. that's brass. It's a train thing. <laughs> that's for you, Ben. I almost backed Founders of Gloomhaven because I like the idea of like a city builder, and I like the I like I like the way it all worked together. But part of me felt like it might be convoluted, so I'm, I'm excited to try some it. Of it. I, I just don't really understand intriguing. why they can't make it look pretty. I agree. It could have. Well, I think it looks prettier than it looked in a lot of the playthroughs. Mm. Hmm. Did we saw it at Gen Con, I believe. Did we? I don't remember. Well, there was definitely a Founders area, and I forget if I saw the game out. I think it was like a one-on-one kind of take-through, and maybe it wasn't set up when we walked by, but I, don't I think remember. they were doing it. Yeah, I don't remember seeing it. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, speaking of, yes. I'm actually going to move us along to the main agenda. Wow. And the reason why is because Gen Con reminded me that the first time I saw this game we are going to be discussing was at Gen Con this right. year, mm-hmm. or in 2017. So Photosynthesis is the main game we are going to be discussing. It, it was released, I think they were selling it right at Gen yep. Con, was when you first saw it, so it was 2017, so it's still fairly new. Um, it is designed by Yama Hawk. And it is, has some artwork featuring Sabrina Miramon's artwork, and mm-hmm. it's published by Blue Orange. Um, we kind of get in this really interesting mode here where you're playing trees or the seeds of trees growing. And so it's a two to four player game. Uh, you have a great little you know, board where the sun is traveling around the board and giving light points to your trees you know, through photosynthesis. And that's how you kind of have spending money. So you um, are in charge of growing your seeds to different trees, and eventually you're going to harvest your biggest trees, and you get points for that. As simple as that, right? Basically, mm-hmm. you're throwing it out there, and you're getting points for trees. Um, you make it sound very lovely. It sounds it's, just bucolic. Photosynthesis is really a brutal game <laughs> about a game. savage game about stealing the sunlight away from other trees so it that is, you can grow and everybody else withers and dies. It is about, truly, <laughs> it is quite literally the shadiest game I've ever played because it's all about throwing actual shade. So, I would say you both are exactly right. I um, take um, I'm taking in the artwork, which is quite <laughs> serene and gorgeous, and the the look of the game in general to to kind of set the tone. But I, I do believe there is a hidden agenda to this you see tree. People playing, yes. you see them playing, and you're like, oh, that's so cute, it's and so lovely. beautiful. And there's trees, and they're growing. Well, it's like a three D board. I mean, that's why it's like well, it builds yes. out this whole three D kind of all of the trees. Canopy. The art have, style is yeah. great. I, I, it's it is simple, yeah. but it's so elegant and, and pretty. Well, color choices, everything about it is, to me, you know, quite beautiful. You just have to accept that no matter where you start to grow your tree, you're going to be casting shade at someone else, sometimes even yourself, yes. which is really weird. It's uh, very it's, appropriate for a gay podcast. Lots of self-loathing, <laughs> like oh self-shade. It's beautiful, but shady. <laughs> beautiful, but shady. Well, it's, what everybody is alluding to is the fact that the pieces of the game are 3D and the fact that the trees have different heights as they grow. And they, the whole concept of the game is as the sun is traveling around, 
it is casting light to the trees, but if a tree is a certain size, it's casting a shade, a shadow behind it, which if you are a tree behind it, you might be blocked. And so that is where the cutthroat nature of these mm -hmm. evil trees come yeah. in. Yeah, because you just want your sapling to thrive, and then if someone only. puts a giant pine tree next to it, and it can't get its sun. <laughs> but just be patient. The sun will move around. A different season will come. We live in this interesting world where the sun never sets. It just goes around in a circle around the world. Well, it's northern. Like it's a, yeah, it's a kind of July and, you know, Sweden. There you go, yes, July exactly. and Sweden. Uh, I think the mechanics in this game are very unique and different. They I, I are. loved it. They are. I mean, I think the most striking thing, though, are the components, mm -hmm. like as Kevin was alluding to, and as Larry was, that this is very much a three-dimensional game because your pieces, the pieces that you're actually putting on the board starts as like a little flat seed and then it's a tiny little tree and then bigger and bigger. And so, especially when you have multiple, like when you have a full suite of four players, there are all these different color trees of different heights mm -hmm. and the, the, the board actually physically grows in front of you. And that's such a great um, fulfillment of the concept mm -hmm. that it, it's, it's almost unparalleled. But the actually, irony is, is that how much light you get isn't what's determinative of whether you win or not. Mm -hmm. It's scoring the victory points by mm -hmm. harvesting your trees. Yes. So you may not necessarily get the most light during the whole game, but still end up winning because you harvested at the right times or had enough to place in the right spots on the board to be able to kind of get your trees further The along. layout of the board is so interesting in the way that you place your pieces. The one minor complaint I have about the components in this game is... The way the sun works is it goes around the board in a circle. Yeah. Or sort of like a hexagon. Hexagon. Like six different more, angles yeah. that it goes from. But the board itself is square. Yeah. Like all the you pieces want, uh, are so nice. Yeah. But like, why, why is the board square? To Matt's, to Matt's it's point, a cost yeah. issue, I'm sure. But it really wouldn't be that hard. Like there's plenty of games that have round boards or hex-shaped boards. I feel like it, if only but they I had just made that. But I think what happens, just to that point, and to follow up Larry's point... A circular board, sure, would make it feel like it's going around more, but I think what helps set where the sun goes is the um, hexagonal shape, so you know what corner exactly to put it on. But see, yeah, I think and actually... So to cut it, I think, would be more and expensive. And if it's well, circular, I think, I think you'll have a harder time figuring out what rows the yeah. sun is I think pointing a down. hexagonal board would have made the most sense. Yes, yeah. Agreed. Right now, it's like when you're placing the sunlight, sometimes you're placing it on the side of the board, sometimes yeah. you're placing it on the corner of the board, but and know. it gets a little bit... I miss well, what time. I think a hex corners. board, though, would be... Hard would be expensive, and it would just fold up weird. I have no issue with the square. Board. Well, but what I just to get back to some of the stuff I love about the components is that the sun that we we're talking about, the way it goes around the board, the sun is sort of just like it looks like a Pac-Man yawning. It's really big, <laughs> or a banana, uh, or a banana, and basically you sort of put it up against the side of the board. But on the bottom of this sun, there's like a second little layer of cardboard. So it like a line that this little it bumper to help it align locks the in with almost all the. The, there are like two points where it doesn't lock in nicely, mm -hmm. but that's just a, a like a really cool thing that they thought of, and there's it's like a lot extra. of thoughtfulness in, the, yes. in these components. All the the trees have all sorts of little like Easter Easter eggs in them, like they're little critters in, in them, and little birds Which and animals. Each of the, speaks nice, a lot fun. to the artist, you know. Um, yeah, Sabrina did a good job with yeah, with it's, the imagery. I mean, each tree fits into a season, its own type. It's mm -hmm. very clear whose tree is whose when you're yes. looking at them on the board. Yeah. That could have been and very like... confusing, and they did a great job of picking different colors looks and shapes. and shapes and colors yes. while still feeling like they might be real trees. You know, well, they are all real trees, I think. They right? are. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're a pine tree. Yeah, pine and tree type. I mean, it's a blue I don't know what it is. I'm not really with trees. Oh, yeah. Maple. And then oak? No, oak is, I think, the acorn. I think, yeah. Well, I'm a tree that makes acorns. So then this is maple. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. well, that's the other thing, too. So there's things like pine cones and, and acorns. Like, So there's different seeds, too, that they each individually have. So it's great. I think yeah. That's, I think they, they really made them different. It's visually arresting. I think it's like... I'm trying to think in terms of games I've seen over the past... Of 2017, this is probably one of the most visually arresting. Some people would say Sagrada is very arresting, but I think this, this three-dimensional... <laughs> visually arresting? <laughs> that is actually a phrase. Yeah. It is a phrase. Yeah, it is no, a phrase. It captures your attention. It just yes. it, it you. stops you from moving. Yes, it takes your breath away. Well, perhaps. i got to say, just the box cover alone, the way that they treated, while it maybe isn't the most readable logo ever because it has this great glow to it, mm -hmm. it, yeah. it really evokes a feeling... Um, and I, when I look at it, there is a serene nature to this like single tree in this forest that you see highlighted, and this glow around the letters, and it's almost sparkling. Like there's almost movement mm -hmm. to it. This is the yeah. same company that did King Domino and Queen Domino, yes. which I've not played. But the 
art, the coloring is the same mm-hmm. to me. Those yeah. bright, vivid colors. Yes. Like, why can't more games have this beautiful like, art that's it's beautiful like almost this? almost an animated cell looking kind of mm-hmm. type painting. It does have it. a little bit like a children's book a little bit. Mm-hmm. Also, Here's the thing about being immature. That I like about this game too is it takes five, ten minutes to teach, but it's it's the the things that you think about on your turn are complicated. They're they're yes. tactical. It's a very tactical oh my gosh. Well, let's yes. get into the mechanics a yes. little bit more then about that. Like that nuance. We talked about it like being this beautiful thing, but yet with this cutthroat nature underneath. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the mechanics are, are very simple, very clean, and like Larry said, the tactics are really fascinating. It's one of those games that almost feels like you could solve it. Like you almost know like, oh this is what you gotta do. You gotta get to this space and grow your tree this way. But it never quite works out the way you want it to. <laughs> totally not. Especially with four players. With four yeah. players, someone always puts a seed down and claims a spot. And then someone plants a tree and now you're not getting, the, you're not getting your light points, which is like your currency. And so then you have to grow your trees taller to get over there. But like to grow your trees taller, you need that, that currency. And it's like a whole tangle. Yeah. There is no luck at all in this game. I it just is entirely tactical. I just yes. think the mechanics are... It's so interesting how the light mechanic rotating around the board and the growing of the trees it's like so interwoven in a way that makes so much sense Mm -hmm. where it's like each tree gets light if it's first to be hit and then it casts a shadow equal to its size everything what i really like is everything is very neat and tidy right trees you know trees the little trees they cost one to make right they cast a shadow of one space they can throw seeds for new trees one space, yes. right? You know, the medium trees, it's two, two, two. The large trees, it's three, three, three. And I think all of that is very simple and elegant and it works really well. Yes. Uh, and I think, man, it's just so cutthroat, though. This is, yeah. <laughs> to that point, uh, Matt, this game is so depends on what your other players are doing. Oh, we've, we've talked about other games in the past that don't matter as much. You feel like you're playing a solo game. This is entirely related to what the person before you did or what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. they change that tree versus that one? Did they drop a seed here instead of there? Wait, and where are you in turn order? Mm-hmm. And it's very important to know because yes. if you are leading with turn order, that means that's a good time to claim some space. But if you're in the, at the back, you might want to do something else, especially yeah, just, just knowing where you are, where the sun is going to be. You have to take into consideration all those at four players because I've played this with two players and oh, wow, it must the, be very different. The, it is different. It's still very fun, but it's not crowded. It's not as cutthroaty, maybe. I, not think, as cutthroat. I think this is a game that should be played at four. Three. I think three is fine too, but four three, is, three is fine, but four, four is, is where maximum tension. This is that's where the, I think the game was intended. Is maximum players. strain. Maximum, mm-hmm. yeah, like far station. It's interesting too. I don't know whether or not this game first was designed as an abstract and then had this kind of tree theme overlaid on it, mm. or whether it was always part of it because again you strip out the tree stuff i think this would be a very good just abstract game to me though it feels as if it was built to be this i think so every decision to me makes sense from the mechanic point Mm -hmm. of view uh the only the, the only thing i think that is tough with the mechanics of this game and with as continuously as i played is keeping track of paying to get your your trees out of your board and then putting other trees back onto the board when you upgrade the tree to the other tree and then sometimes you lose them and yeah. they go back and i think that that extra cost like sort of doing that can be confusing at times so of pulling let's your things off talk the board about that for a brief second just to say you know you have this great board that features where all your seeds and trees go mm-hmm. and those are kind of like in a bank that you don't have yet you have to purchase them out yeah. of that before yeah. they're usable what's that like un building that has all the seeds in it that like in norway oh my gosh oh yeah did it get flooded it got flooded yeah it was yeah well, last oh, year uh, when yeah oh that's not and, like good. they lost yeah. all kinds of seeds but that's what this board is it's yes. basically that the place. un norway seed building uh for your tree but so you don't have it yet until you spend your life yeah points. what's and tricky so, is yeah, it's you, like you know you, you're like unlocking it's weird because a lot of games they'll have pieces that are like you don't have access to these you have to unlock them right and once you unlock them you permanently this, have them exactly. in this game you don't it's weird like you pay to get your tree off there then you put it on the board but then later on when you upgrade your trees it like comes back into your bank and you have to like buy it again right. uh, and if you buy too many they get more expensive well, or if you d- destroy them then that's and a problem to, too and to put a finer point on that too you buy it to pull it out of your bank and then you have to pay more light points to get it on the board mm-hmm. so to there grow is, it it's grow. not yeah so it's not just you pulled it out of the bank and then you you can place it at a certain point you still have to pay more light points yeah and so that extra little bit 
because you don't have another board or space it goes to, mm-hmm. could be confusing where people forget, like, oh, I have to pay more. I don't think it's so much where it's it's a rule problem. I think it's mm-hmm. more like a, oh, I didn't plan right. I yeah. didn't plan for enough me, of my like, Thematically, it doesn't quite make sense. I, for me, the bigger concern is, is when, I, when I take, when I replace the small tree with the medium tree, and I take the small tree back, if you forget to put it back on your board and just put it into your supply, yeah, very dangerous. Exactly yeah. yeah. cheated and gained and gained yeah. a bunch of light. It, maybe this game would have benefited from like a little bit longer board with an area that was where you purchased your things into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's a little bit weird because it's effectively right. You know, because it costs two to get a little tree out, and then it costs one to grow the little tree. It's sort of effectively like it costs three, right? Yeah. But then there's sort of this like management layer yes. of like managing your trees well, which i understand yeah. it's probably important for the way that the game works but at the same time i think it it definitely makes it a little bit harder like it yeah. takes it from being like a truly like entry level yes. like gateway it's to a little, a little bit complex. more like oh, i have to like yeah. map this out but I, that's what I, actually, actually what I like about it yes. you know i like <laughs> i like that just that little bit of extra layer of decision making there that's not a hard decision making but it's like oh i have to like prioritize my actions you know because there mm-hmm. i'm sure there's a strategy where you get everything out of your bank or, or a good amount of stuff you stage yourself and then you can start attacking there or you do it like one at a time and i think that's what's interesting and that's probably where the variety comes in with the play but ben too i would say it's what uh, notifies your other players about what you might be doing and so yeah. the extra stage before it goes out when you see somebody has pulled their big tree out and they bought it and if they don't place it right then you know it's coming. It's now available. And the reason and why that's important, the reason why that's important is another really cool wrinkle in this game, which is that in order to score, you have to harvest your biggest tree. Mm-hmm. But when you harvest your biggest tree, you're giving up one of your biggest, basically money makers, right? Because the bigger the tree is, the more light points it's going to get. So like, that's you want to you want to have your tree, you want to have your big trees out there for a long time, so we get light points. That way, you have the flexibility to do other things. But the longer that they're out there, that's time that you're not scoring and starting the process mm-hmm. over of growing, starting from scratch. So you have to like, there's, it's hugely about timing and especially I don't, I don't think limited. I don't think there's any advantage to having trees and stuff hanging out out there because you can only upgrade one level on each space a turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having a level one and a level two tree out that I'm planning to use in the same space over two conse- that means I have to do it over two consecutive turns. There's no point to it. Just yeah. bank your your light points because you could buy the tree and then put it out on the same turn. Oh, you're ready. You're yeah. talking about taking things out of your reserve. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So that that's that's the thing that I don't like. Right? Is that there's a separate cost to like take a tree out of your reserve and to place it on the board. But strategically, there's zero benefit no to removing a tree from your board because you save your light points round to round. You should never take something off of your board unless you're going to immediately place it, pretty much. The only exception is like if you run out of room and you need to clear off room to like bring right. a thing back. But, but I think even killing trees off uh, there's no room. It doesn't Let's matter. discuss the killing yeah, tree talk aspect. About so <laughs> the point we're bringing up here is because you have a limited spaces and you start with a few extra pieces at the beginning of the game that aren't don't fit on your board. Mm-hmm. So what happens is if for some reason you're bringing them back from the board because it's moved to the next level of tree from seed or whatever, it has to go back onto your board. It can't go into your free area. So if there is no space, you must kill it, I guess is the, is the term, and it goes back into the box no longer in play for you. Mm-hmm. You flood it. Yeah, you flood it out. So the idea is, is that smart? Is it not? We've played the game a couple different times in a couple different ways. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Like, what is your go-to um, you know, statement on how much do you kill and should you? My view is, is that those early pieces are to jumpstart your engine. Yeah. And they're meant to kind of get thrown out there to start you getting light points. And then once you finally get that going, who cares if they die and fall off the, yeah. the board? Yeah, I think, like, never, whenever... I remember the first time we played this, we're like, don't kill your trees! The trees are precious! Never kill trees! <laughs> and then and now we're just like, oh, okay, we'll kill that one, we'll kill that one. But I wonder if maybe sometimes when people play it, they are, like, gung-ho with expense. They just put out a whole bunch of little trees. And maybe that sort of is, like, a check on that a little bit. I don't know. Putting out a bunch of little trees, the moment someone the builds a level suck. two tree, you yeah, start losing the light. I, I yeah. think the, re- the, the, the point behind the destroying is if you don't manage it well, if you destroy too much of one type, the cost eventually goes up, yeah. right? So there's, like, a couple things that only cost, like, one, and then the seeds cost two after that. So if you're too destroy e then you'll en- end up having to pay extra for the trees that you're getting. You yeah. never feel like you run out. You're paying just an increased yeah. tax. But I don't yeah. think any of every... us have, like, I feel like we were all too on the safe side. I, definitely me. I was yeah. way too on the safe side, especially with my seeds. 
I like never got. I never took more than just my starting seed, so I should have at least trashed a seed. I threw yeah. away basically everything that wasn't yeah. like conducive yeah. to me making any kind of cycle. Right. I did not have to manage to try and pull mm-hmm. stuff back, and had no issues yeah. with it. I don't even think I ever paid any increased cost for my level one or my right. level right. two trees. Well, the seeds. The thing is, what's interesting is that. The seeds, and especially in a four-player game, when real estate is limited, it's like you kind of want those seeds just at least reserve spots. Yes. You know, like just to like get, make More sure that either, either, either you're going to grow there or just keep someone from growing there to shade it you. It prevents someone from casting shade on you. Yes. yes. That's, that's why those uh, seeds are so important. The first time I played this game, I didn't think about that. But yeah. that, this time, it totally entered my mind. I'm like, I want to protect this tree from yeah. getting blocked. So if I plant some seeds around... Yeah, Nobody you may never grow there. anything there, but it helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think, yeah, from what I was noticing, I agree with Larry uh, and Matt, what you were saying about being okay with ditching, especially, Larry, to your point, some of the initial things you start with, I think is a good balance. Like those couple, uh, you know, initial one-level trees and some seeds, if all those went away and you just have what was on your board, I think it's workable. Yeah. One thing also with this game is that it can be very fast. It's three rounds, and that sun goes around three times very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And every time I've played, I've always felt like, oh my god, I need like at least like four more turns. Like a lot of times when I play, when you hit that third round, a lot of people haven't even scored yet. They sort yeah. of are, it's because people get fixated on the building of the tree mm-hmm. as yeah. opposed to look. You just want to build it and cut Top it down. And I feel like if I feel like yeah. when you play it with certain people, I'm sure there's like a lot of like cycling through your trees once people get when it gets competitive yeah but you have to also you also have to um you have to be really mindful of when that end of the game is going to come because if you don't time it correctly you may have two or three turns that are totally useless that you're just are just collecting light points i agree there's no point to put you don't get any extra points you get a consolation prize for your leftover light at the end but it's really not very much i will say that that the console the way that the consolation prize is written on the board is confusing oh my gosh because it has to be passed it it to get it and the way it reads is like if it's anywhere on that line yeah yeah it's not it's a little confusing. If they had just shifted them down half a space, so they were mm-hmm. in between yes. each row, it would yeah. have made a lot more sense. Or you wouldn't jump to the conclusion but that that's what you're Yeah, doing. it's very yeah. odd the way that they yeah. do that. But yeah, uh, I think this game you know, tries to trick you into trying to form a light engine instead mm-hmm. of that's harvesting really, your trees. Still you need really to find that balance. To be it's really tricky. Light is super important. Are you going to go for height? For your for your light points, or you can just just go for a well. What matters amount. a lot too is the positioning of where your trees are on the board in relation to the center of the board. Yeah. Because when you do score, being in the center or closer to the center, you score more points from your trees that die right. than if you're on the outside edge. But right. if you have a big tree in the center, you're constantly scoring the light points. So in theory, you should be able to mm-hmm. harvest more trees along the edges. But the thing it's is, easier to get blocked if you're in the center. Bl- one of the, well, well, another genius, another genius part about this game is that if you go for that center spot, there's one spot in the center. And uh, when you harvest that one, you get higher points. But we should mention that like there are these concentric rings of scoring. And like the, the deeper you are, toward, the closer you are to the center, the more points you earn. But the the, when you put trees closer and closer in the center, you have a higher and higher likelihood that they're going to be shaded by trees on the outside. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting because you could put the trees on the outer ring and they would theoretically get more sunlight than the ones in the middle, yeah. but they score fewer points. But I don't think they score that much more points. That first ring, yes. If you yeah, if, that's but, true. Between the outer the ring and third, <laughs> yeah, between that second ring and the middle, like... Maybe not as much, and then maybe that's the balance that we talk about. But also, the points matter a lot. Like with the second ring, the first tree on the second ring is like seventeen, and then the next one is like fourteen. Right. So yeah, it's there's like a, drop a couple of them. like the outer ring is never very good. It's like twelve. Right. But the, the the second ring, it's only like the first one or two that get there, get a lot, and then it goes down dramatically. So and the third ring, like, fairly and consistent. Not, the and third ring and fourth ring are all very good. Yeah. But the second ring, I remembered from the the first time I played that it's like Drops. being the first one mm-hmm. yeah. to kill a tree from the second ring is actually really and it's good. not like do, like it's not like you can really harvest trees on the outer ring faster. It's not like it's one of those things where it's like, well, the points are lower, but you can go through it faster, so therefore you can get more of the small small points. You would go it through that just as fast. Just as I guess theoretically if you plant on the outer rings, you'd get more money to be able to exactly. do things Maybe. faster. But again, yes. if you're on that ring, I, I had grouped some of my trees on one side because I got stuck on one side and That's I got dangerous. tons of light points for like two or three cycles of a, of a sun and then 
once it passed me by, everybody was shaking. I think you have to maybe spread out. You have to. You have to. And then just have like some like crazy like turn. Because the truth is the money goes up to 20. And like a lot of times it's like, oh, I got eight or whatever. And like towards the end of the game, you can get it up high. But I wonder if there's a strategy where you just get a huge other, amount of light. The other part of it we haven't mentioned is there's only two largest trees that each person has. Meaning at any given time, you can only get two trees of that type out there to harvest. Right. So you have to go through them to get more than just two points. You have two, to kill them. Two sets of points. Well, I think in an ideal world, you have one big tree that's up to collect you money and then the one you're harvesting, right? right. But even then, you have to time that just right. To... Mm -hmm. It's a really elegant game to use Ben one of your words you love to use about the games yes it's elegant. an elegant game uh, there's such a balance to this and it feels very um, but uh, nature serene I would say the one significant flaw that I, it's not a flaw really the one issue I have with it um, is that sometimes I look at it on my shelf uh, spoiler alert I have this game but uh, sometimes I look at it on my shelf like do I want to play photosynthesis and I'll be like nah because it's always kind of the, the same experience mm. you know it's always it's like it's not it's like saying i don't want to play chess because exactly. chess is always the same experience it is because like it's it will be a different game every time and there's variability and replayability but you know how sometimes a game is just like it's always going to be like um it's you're still going to sort of go through that same path and mm -hmm. so sometimes I'm like i don't know if i, if I want to play it but then once we put it on the table it's like but what a great path it is i don't know i think there's different strategies you can take yeah. I, so i don't i don't feel like it's it's a Excuse me. I don't feel like I'm okay. Turn one, I'm doing this. Turn two, I'm yeah. always doing that. I, I don't. That might be a me problem. That I game think problem. it is. No, I, I see what Ben's saying. I feel like it, it is sort of like chess, and that it's like at the end of the day, like in chess, what are you trying to do? Kill their pieces, checkmate. Like you know, you have these sort of objectives, and you're sort of like, which way do you want to do that? But at the end of the day, it's like sort of. But every no. game is like that. I have an objective. Yeah. I want to get the most victory points. But there's, You're right. there's, there's some just... games have a lot broader like variety of things that you can do. Yeah. You know, point salad. You 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 hate, uh, but in Stephen this Feld games, that it's not because there's a variety of ways to score. It's because there's literally it's just. Like, Trajan is just seven different games, and you play a game to figure out which of the seven games you're going to play on your turn. Which I like. Um, right, we're going to put but, that on, on... Yeah, we'll put that <laughs> on Trajan. We're going to torture Matt again. Oh, God. <laughs> um, um, but, uh, but I yeah, I think it, it is, like Ben said, it's a competitive game. Like, yeah. When, yeah. when I'm at, like, we, we, we got it out to play, and I'm like, okay, got to, like, get ready now to be like, win! It was, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's misleading that way. I think the packaging does mm -hmm. lead you to a serene, beautiful experience that is, yes. um, if you go into that, you're going to be eaten alive. Yeah. 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 Or shaded to death. Th yeah. This is a game shaded. where, yeah, if you don't play well, you could, like, get utterly destroyed. You, yes. could, you could score, like, zero points and be incapable of doing anything if you don't, mm -hmm. if you mess up, like, the first That's few nature. rounds, you could be totally screwed. Yeah. Uh, it's very unforgiving. Well, well it's, so quick, it's, it's quick life enough. in the forest. Yes. <laughs> see it through the trees. Yeah. So let's talk about then, we kind of have started our overall impressions of the game. You know, we've kind of talked about the, the pluses and minuses throughout. But, like, in general, why don't we start with you, Larry? What do you, what do you think of the game? Um, I decide whether to kind of keep games in my collection, both for the kind of the aesthetics, the kind of the look, the feel... Does it bring something unique for me kind of in gameplay? And, and generally, do I enjoy it? Although if a game is really, really pretty, even though if I don't enjoy it, I'll probably still keep it in my collection because I'm a collector. This is a game for me that hits all those points. It's very pretty. Um, the art is very nice. It has, for me, kind of a unique mechanics, unique gameplay. And it's just generally a fun game. So this is absolutely a game that I'm keeping in my collection. Yeah, you you had to fight for it at Gen Con, right? I There's did. A limited wow. amount of them I did. to get. I did. I did. I know you got in line for that. Wow. So Ben, you mentioned you spoiler alert. Spoiler. I spoiled you may have everyone. It in your collection. Yes. But well, it, will it stay in your collection? And oh yes. Think? A lot of games tend to stay in my collection because I'm too lazy to figure out how to get them out of my collection. But um, in this case, uh, I played it for the first time with the three of you guys at Larry's. And uh, I was like, this game is great. And I went out immediately, and I think I ordered it that night. I was just like, it got my brain working in really interesting ways. I love, I just love the thought of like, what am I going to do? And it, it seems like it'd be as simple as just like, okay, get a seed there in the good spot, grow it, grow it, grow it, harvest it. But people come in and mess up the plans. And it's like, well, I could do that, but maybe I should be reserving a spot there. And oh no, no, I'm not getting the money. 
So I think it's actually like a really great game. I think I think that's such a strong testament to the game then that you can play it at someone's house and be like immediately I want to buy it. Yeah. Even though you know you can come play it over here whenever you want. It's a game that was so good, so compelling for you that you wanted to own your own copy. Uh, exactly. Not only did I want my own copy, but I also wanted to introduce it to other friends of mine. Yep. You know, who I know that mm-hmm. they would really enjoy it because it is sort of like a gateway plus i would say mm-hmm. um you know and and this is the best kind of gateway plus it could even be a gateway possibly um and i don't i don't want to mislead people we say you know it's cutthroat whatever it's not mean it's not mean i don't not, not mean i right. don't feel like it's a mean game no i really don't i mean you could play it's it it's true you could play it to be mean, i suppose but and, yeah, but it's you, just the way of the forest. It's just it, it all. <laughs> yeah, it feels like that's just what happened in nature. It's true. Yeah. So, so which is what makes it, I think, okay for yeah. kind of an intro kind there's of gateway certain, type game. Yeah, if this game was really, really like mean, I would not ever recommend it for yeah. someone as an intro. To me, game. it's mean. You know, it's you mean, have to be awake like, and aware. It's not you really have to be awake and aware. It's, it's cutthroat doesn't necessarily necessarily mean mean it just is like you've got to do what you need to do and you want to be sure to do it before someone else and the fact that everyone's like that it's like that's why it's cutthroat it's like uh the reason i don't see it as a gateway game is because i feel like if you as an experienced player played this game with new players you would just destroy them okay that's fair but like, i think there, the there's like plus, no there's like no competition <laughs> yeah i think gateway plus but you know we we recently discussed ex libris um and remember i didn't really love that game because i didn't feel like it was you know mentally stimulated i wasn't but it wasn't it wasn't um you know larry you were like maybe it's too light for you and i was like maybe it is too light for you but this game is not particularly heavy Heavy, no Mm -hmm. but these decisions how you define heavy because this game yeah that's a whole very very tactical yeah it's a whole that's a whole other thing but either way it's the it's decisions i think are more exciting but but it's Mm -hmm. very decision tactics heavy yes you know, um, well, it's, and it relates clever. to others more mm-hmm. than even Ex Libris mm-hmm. would. Like, you have to pay attention to what Yeah, and on top of everything else, thematically, it's got a great theme. It's got a great look. It, it, I love the way it, it grows on the board. I would love to see a city-building game that looked the way photosynthesis does <gasps> oh, for trees. Yes. Like, I don't know why uh, we don't have there that. Is a, there is a new one coming out, Expansity, I by will, Breaking Games. Yeah. I will definitely look into that on Board Game Geek. Um, so I think it kind of, like, it checks all the bar- boxes... Just really well. I, I think I recommend it for anyone. So Matt, tell us what you think. So it's it's interesting that Ben compared this to Ex Libris with this coming out favorable. To me, it's like the opposite. Uh-huh. I, I really like this game. I would I would play Photosynthesis a lot, and I'm sure I will play it a lot since Ben and Larry both have it. Uh, but it's not the type of game that I would buy, uh, just because I think it, it it's a game where it, yeah, it is very competitive. Uh, and I like, you know, competitive abstract games. They can be fun to play. But at the same time, I feel like when I'm introducing newer gamers to games, which is a lot of the types of games I'm looking to get, I'm looking for something that it's a little bit more, like, fun and, like, you know, just, like, lighter and you can get into it and do your thing and not have to, like, worry about every single move is, like, make or break. Which, <laughs> yes. this is how, like, photosynthesis is, like, every turn is, like, it's okay, true. where should I drop this seed? Oh God, no! That was the wrong place. Like yeah. I have no light forever. Which you know that's good, and like you know, in, in our group, it's fun to play because we're all really like you know we're competitive and we're like and and that's fun. But uh, when I'm just like playing fun, like easy games with like friends, like I want something that's easier <laughs> for them right. to play. So uh, I like it. We'll definitely play it a lot with you guys, uh, but I would not uh, or won't be getting it. So. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, I'm really over the moon about this game. I think it's it's beautiful to look at. It just hypnotizes me. I love the uniqueness of the feel of seeing the 3D, you know, kind of having to imagine the board in a different way because I'm thinking about height. I, I think that to me is exciting. I do believe for me, I would consider this like a gateway or gateway plus game because it's a game I would want to, to bend. To your point, I want to... I want to show this to other people. It's a pretty enough game and it's interesting enough that I would be like, well, let me at least show you this. Maybe we won't play the full game of photosynthesis, but let's play a little bit because I want to teach people this. So to your point, Matt, I'm not going to play a competitive game necessarily with some initial people, Mm -hmm. but I want to show them and let them start to learn and get them to sink in. And then later, and then almost like chess, we brought up chess earlier. It is very like chess. You teach somebody chess and they can know general rules, but they don't know the strategy. Well, and that's what's so interesting about it. And I think getting more 
more people aware of this game. This is this is a game I would want to get people in on because it would um, excite them into one. I guess the, the yeah. definition of a, of a gateway game in my mind is a game that's going to get people excited Trying to play other else. games. I feel like right. it has the art, it has the components, and it has the interesting decision making that I would say make our hobby. An interesting mm-hmm. hobby. I can yes. see this game being played a lot competitively, like yes. Yes. like oh. tournaments and things like that. Yes. I can see it being very big in a tournament. Quick scene. enough, like we're talking, it's a ninety mm-hmm. minute game, maybe or something like that. You the, you could. Do I could it. see for like in, in forums talking about like what's the ideal positioning in, for your first move where you're playing right. your trees. If you don't stuff, have this like level that. that you've gotten by this round, yep. then don't bother. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. I think it, yeah. Th- that's fascinating to me about this, and I think it's really it feels more unique than a lot of the other stuff, which is always what draws yeah. me to a game. So when are we going to run the board game agenda's first annual photosynthesis tournament? Oh, that's I'm already sharing. Yes, we can we do a pairing of photosynthesis and Arboretum because then it'll be the full oh, oh, stressful. We will do it for Arbor Day. Oh my god. Oh, we have a bit lignum in there too. Arboretum is truly the pinnacle of stressful tree planting games. That game. It's a very small circle. but It is a very small circle. That is truly, in my collection, Arboretum is probably my most stressful game. Like, I play that game and it is like. I just actually stress myself out now. I'm trying to make my stress noise. But it is full. It was full on stress. Like, I literally just there. like coughed up something. Like Arboretum just like grew oh out of me at that moment. But no, it is a very stressful Go to your happy place, please. Wait, can I just say one other thing? Because, you know, I can't control myself. I have to say more things. But say Kevin, you said something that I think we've sort of mentioned about how you said what you love about this game is you think about height. And I do love regarding the three-dimensional aspect that like these tall trees are not tall just because they look cool they're tall because it actually affects the gameplay it's yes. like it actually yes. like it like it's casting shade and we see why it's casting shade it's not like a piece that's like a level three piece it's you know it's it's a tall tree and it has presence on the board and it's like something that has to be like revered on this board like there's a tall tree right here you have to watch out for it and you have to plan around it and like how long is it going to be there it's kind of brilliant and it has yeah. a cute little caterpillar on it and it has a caterpillar <laughs> people live things live so in it i guess yama is a, a newer designer i think he's only designed this in like one other game so far so i'm curious to see what he kind of does in the space if he's going to start be pushing like charcoal into the game I'm just i would buy it probably at this point i'd be like mm-hmm, sign me up so into yeah, minds. we'll see and by the way i will not forgive you guys for making me lead the discussion on photosynthesis since i had a lisp as a child oh really and this is the worst named game <laughs> ever good practice i know yes, that's you sound all perfect. i'm trying to do all of my tongue into the middle and teeth yeah all listen of it's okay you can embrace the gay lisp on our podcast this is, it almost came out that, yes. there you go also uh, the name of of our podcast it could have been that yeah there you go it almost came out almost came out <laughs> that, that'll be the second podcast that'll be a darker that'll be podcast about the tournament play of yeah. synthesis wow yeah um, okay well enough of the main agenda I think we've, we've played that out so uh, on to a little feature we're calling party poppers hey it's Woo. time so here's the thing you have a party and you maybe have some gamers, but maybe you have some like cash guys who show up or, or so. girls or, or girls, ladies, you know? and they are like, I don't really play games. So, what are some great suggestions that are going to get your your party popping? Twilight Imperium Fourth Edition, the party yes. game version, though, yes, right? definitely. Um, no, see, that's exactly what we want to avoid. And so, what can we give our listeners? Cockroach some- poker. Cockroach. I've heard poker. such things about this game. You have heard things. Larry, you must <laughs> well, tell us more. At, at any party, I always think it's a big hit to talk about cockroaches. And uh, <laughs> oh, always, always in the kitchen, yes. you know, in the living room, whatever. No, cockroach poker. Um, it's a fun game. Uh, everybody's kind of dealt out a series of cards from, a, from a, a deck, and they each have eight different insects on them. Disgusting vermin. Disgusting vermin. Bats, rats, frogs, pill bugs, no, to cockroaches. Point, but not a realistic interpretation. No, they're cartoony, all cute, like, cartoony. Yeah. Good. And each one is like in a Huggable. different pose. And anyway, they're different all different colors. Really cute. Yeah, that's what I find the most amusing, is there's like ten cockroaches in the deck, and every cockroach looks different. Yeah, <laughs> they're all like different. Well, that, anyway. That's the A+. plus. That's going for the extra mile. So you take uh, one of the cards... And you pass it to someone and you say, Matt, this is a cockroach. And he has to either decide, am I telling him the truth or am I lying to him? Or he can say, all right, I'm not going to decide. I'm going to look at it and then I'm going to pass it on to someone else. And then he can say, Kevin, Larry was lying. This is actually a frog. 
And so it keeps on going until someone calls someone else on their bluff, or mm-hmm. it gets to the last person who has to say mm-hmm. whether they're telling the truth or bluffing. Mm-hmm. And then there's no winner in this game. There's only one loser. Yeah. It's whoever gets, uh, I think it's four insects of the same type in yeah. front of them, mm. they, they lose. And you get a card in front of you if you guess wrong or if you do bad at bluffing and yeah. someone's able whoever to call you get, out. Whoever basically lost the bluff So the best part card. for a party game yeah. so why is, is, this good? is, is you know, everybody's around the table and you know, t- trying to like lie to each other and then like saying, oh, no, no, this person was like totally pulling your leg. It's really this. Right. Or, you know, they like Matt just called by bluff. I'm like, all right, so I have to go next. It's so, like, all right, Matt, I'll show you and I try again. And of course, he calls my bluff again. Like, oh, okay, right. forget it. This is too hard. I'll go to my mom, who who I can lie to without like any question. You know, mm-hmm. what I really like is that there are there are elements of strategy to it. It's it's like a little silly game at the beginning, but then what's cool is at the beginning it doesn't matter which animals which people get, but once you start getting them. If you have four of the same animal, that's when you lose the game. And so as the game goes on, you're trying to give specific animals to specific people now. Right. But you might be like, oh, I don't want to just give it to them directly because they'll know. So I like give it to Ben first, who then gives it to Kevin. That's Who clever. then gives it to Larry. And then Larry doesn't get it. And then, oh, it was the spider and you needed a fourth spider and Larry's gone now. So, right. it, And the other pieces is, well, I'll pass it to, to Matt, but I'll tell him it's actually this other animal. Yeah. Hoping he'll believe me. He then does believe me, and, it, and I actually gave him the one animal that exactly. he needed. It, yeah. It's just all around fun. Also, great game for people maybe who don't all know each other. So say you have a mixed mm-hmm. party and it's mm-hmm. a bunch of people coming yeah. together. Because then one. the lying is a little easier when people don't know each other that well. I would say... And it's very easy to figure out who are the psychopaths because they can lie to you <laughs> without a problem. Uh-huh. Yeah, who, who is that? <laughs> um, I would say it's my second favorite cockroach-based game. Oh, what wait, would be okay, your first? Yeah. That's Arboretum. Your, in the very small circle of cockroach games, what would you say? Uh, I actually like cockroach salad better. So same, whoever made it, it's the same people. Uh, cockroach salad is, instead of having... Sounds delicious. Instead of having cockroaches, actually I think there are cockroaches on each of the things, but instead of animals, cockroach salad has little mini cards with um, vegetables on them, like a tomato or a cauliflower. Uh, and there will be, I think there's cockroaches on them. Uh, but the game is pretty simple. You, you deal the deck of cards to everybody on your turn you flip up a card into the middle and then you say what it isn't so there's like five vegetables you can say any vegetable except for the one that's on the card uh, Any vegetable of the five. Of the five, yeah. So you have to say one of, the, or it's like four or five, I can't remember how many it is. But you have to say one of the ones that isn't there. But what's fun about it is it's just a rapid fire game. So I'm like, it's like tomato, broccoli, tomato, cauliflower, like everyone's just going. Sounds but delicious. It seems like it'd be easy, but it's actually surprisingly hard not to accidentally say the name of the thing that you just flipped over and are looking at. It reminds me of... Um... What's that game called? Anumia. Anumia? Anomia. Anomia. Yes, which is another one that I absolutely love. Uh, Anomia is, um, it's this sort of, I don't know, it's, it's, it's like a rapid fire game of uh, sort of trivia, I guess, in a sense. And the, the categories. It's like more like categories. Yeah, everybody has a card in front of them with like a shape on it and then a category like operas mm-hmm. or baseball players. Jazz and singers. That jazz was singers. Oh my god, all these things that I couldn't get. Oh. Operas too. I was like, uh, uh, what happens <laughs> is on your turn, you flip up a card on in, t- in front of you, covering up whatever card was there. And then if your symbol matches one of the other player's symbols, you're then having a battle. And mm-hmm. what happens is you have to name uh, something from their category before they name something from your category. So if I've got operas and Ben's got jazz singers, I have to name a jazz singer before he names an opera, Quick, do which it. will literally never happen. How's the one about to name? Ja- is Whitney go. Houston a jazz singer? I don't know. Is Whitney Houston a jazz singer? What happened? Yeah, Sorry. That popped that party oh, right there. Gerald. My gay cards can be revoked here. Whitney Houston a jazz singer. Sad, sad, sad. Who was in the movie The Jazz Singer? Al Jolson. He was in the Who movie? is that? It's like you made up a name. Oh my god, I just oh made up a name. He said, he said I made up a name. Okay. <laughs> so well, it's on that note, Anomia, unlike this conversation, is a huge hoot and everybody loves it and everyone freaks out and laughs all the time because people like me have no idea. I've got a party game for you. It's called Listen to the Radio, okay? Listen to Miss Whitney Houston. Rest in peace. The best part about Anomia is when the two people are just staring at each other going, duh, duh, duh. Oh, they don't know any. Like, either it's not that they don't know it. It's like right there. It's right there and just can't come to your mind. And it'll literally be like bagel flavor and you're like, because uh, uh, whatever reason, <laughs> you like can't remember it. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's what makes a good party game in general. Something that's definitely going to have interaction that could 
like a lot of memory things or quick thinking because then you get the yeah. funny things that happen people that laugh. kind of liven it up. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get people really invested and engaged. We're obviously not saying, you know, pull out photosynthesis for like the party exactly. know, necessarily. It's a different kind of party than the one where you want to have people a little bit more active. Yeah. I got to say one that I particularly love that I think Matt, you and Lana introduced me to was Cheeky Monkey. Mm-hmm. And most of I do not like that. It is a bag pulling character. I love, I love it. love it. It's a monkey. monkey. I did not. You get to reach into the monkey. Yeah, so the you newer get the, edition. The newer is edition is an actual monkey, which is a little weird. You're like sticking your hand into its into back. Its butt. Or yeah, yeah, it's very. Uh-huh. It's kind yeah. of disturbing. But yeah. pulling things out again, a lot of laughs. We love fine. pulling out it's, it's, things. You know, <laughs> so, it's not that kind of party. Oh no, not cheeky monkey bags. That's horrible. Okay, so you have a bag that. It includes different um, circular pieces of different animal pictures. And it's like eight or nine different animals. Eight. Right? Eight, eight different animals. And the idea is it's a pressure luck game, basically. You're pulling out an animal, and you have to not pull the same one out during your round. And you get to keep all of the pieces that you pull out. But then what adds to the little interaction, which makes it a good party game, is when somebody else starts to pull out, if they pull out the same character, stop laughing every time I say pulling out. (laughs) Stop saying pulling out. (laughs) Every time you choose an animal from the back of your monkey, uh, (laughs) you basically have the ability to steal from other people from what their little tower of animals that they have. And so it creates a little interaction of, you know, how far do I push my luck? And if I have this, do I steal from them so they now have to start over again? And so it creates a lot of back and forth. Why is it called Cheeky Monkey? Well, because the monkeys are special. And so if you have a monkey, he's very cheeky when he comes out. And he can steal uh, another animal, not just a monkey. If he, he wants trades. to switch, he does a yeah. switch. And then there are more monkeys than anything else, so they cause a lot of trouble. Oh, yeah. those cheeky monkeys I, causing geez. problems. I love this I game. Was very, I was not, ben was I was burned not by the feeling, cheeky monkey. I was burned by one too many cheeky monkeys, and I was like, no more cheeky monkeys for me. I I'm, never win this game, but I love playing it. Uh, it's just so fun to pull these tiles out of the bag and be like, I'm going to go for five animals, six animals. Now I go bankrupt oh, every time. Another thing that makes a good party game, too, I think is physical uh, interaction. The thing mm-hmm. of uh, pulling things out of the bag, or if you have a card game where you have to throw something down, yeah. and like, Things like that get people a little active too. So I think when you yes. have something like that, that's a fun. This way one's to really good on. too because it's good for kids. Also, great for um, family. Kids. Actually, just a couple months ago, when I visited my cousin, she has two kids, eight and ten, uh, and I I taught it to them. And they loved it. Oh, I'm sure. They were all about it. So I got it for them for Christmas. And they yeah. were, like, super excited about it. Uh, what's nice is you can play without some of the extra rules, like the cheeky monkey rules and the yeah. stealing rules. You so play just the easier. base game. I need the kids' and then version. And then you add the kids' I want the kids' version. I want no he doesn't like monkeys. when people steal I want well-behaved monkeys. monkeys. <laughs> well-behaved monkeys for you. You know, I think, um, you know, tactile things are always great uh, for party games. Um, so, like... I would say I think two of my favorite party games that I have in my collection. One is it's got to be Tumbling Dice, which is a dexterity game. Mm-hmm. But man, does that game play well? Wow, people. It's expensive though. It is expensive and it can be hard to find. But if you feel if you have some extra money, sometimes it gets cheap. It was down to it, like it was. Depends on which size too, because they have it like in the small, medium, and large sizes. Oh, is this wow. like fifty-two card pickup up with dice? No, no. <laughs> no tumbling <laughs> dice on the ground. Tumbling dice. Tumbling dice, which is actually, it's a pun on a Rolling Stones song, which was later covered by Linda Ronstadt. Um, that jazz singer, the famous yes, jazz singer Linda, Linda Ronstadt. Jazz, she actually, would, I think, would qualify. Maybe, depending on her later work. I don't know. We no. Have, we'll discuss. No. Another podcast. No. I'll just pretend like I know All that country. is. Oh, no. I, I, I literally just, like, blocked explain down this the, Explain the game to him. So, tumbling, um, tumbling, tumbling dice is really... Um, it. It almost has a classic feel to it, like a shuffleboard, bocce, whatever. It's like a whatever. game show. Like, it is. You have you, so three so tiers. So it's like three tiers, and you flick dice down, and you try and get them to like land in like a scoring point area. So, so it's a dexterity game. It's a dexterity game. Wait, do the dice matter what side they yes. land yes. on? Yes, because each tier, the first tier is worth zero. So if your die lands there, like you can't flick bad. it very well. And then the next tier is is like a multiplier of one. The next tier is multiplier of oh, two. Multiplier of like, whatever you want. And roll? it can get up to yes. a multiplier of four, but the fours are these tiny little areas. And so you if, flick them, and you can knock other people's dice oh, off. Oh, I kind of love it already. So if you have great. if you have like a die that is a two that's teetering on the edge of the zero area and then someone comes and flicks and has a bad flick they can hit your die and it falls down a tier mm. when it falls down a tier it'll bounce 
it could even so go this down. This is like shuffleboard almost. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It is yeah, like shuffleboard. Like okay. ball, and all of a sudden, your two, which was worth nothing, can be a six in the three multiplier zone. And all, and then you, the way I've played it with my friends is that we do multiple rounds, and so you're just constantly adding up the score, and the scores fluctuate. Someone mm. will have a round where they get like you know sixty points, and they get two points the next round. And people, I've this is I think the only game I have played where people who hate board games get. In it, they yeah. play because to some people it's almost like a carnival game. But yeah, you can it, do it. Can see that. Sounds exactly and it's like also a it can scale. Game. What's I think a it's really like important thing with a party game is you board. want to scale. It's a party, right? Because yep. some of the party games that I love have player limits. Secret Hitler, you can only do ten. But if you have fourteen people, you know, um, other games there are limits. But this one, you could just split into two teams or three teams, and you're shuffling those those dice, and you can get fun dice. Like I, I got some like um, like maybe. I don't know how many sides it is. Maybe a 20-sided or something like that. Or 12-sided what? die. So then you oh, roll a 12-sided die. And so now you have every team has like a super die, which oh. you can get a super high roll Wait, on. So do you just, but it rolls more, so it's harder to control. So do you just play with whatever dice you want? It comes with dice. It comes with six-sided add, dice. Uh, so you just add dice to it. Just do whatever you want. Oh, but it's funny. like people go and they play it and it's like once that comes out, it's like it's out for the next like three hours. It's just people <laughs> go, going around. I love it. That's it's a great fantastic. idea. I hadn't heard of that one before. Good to know. It is. You have you, you have a Larry? Yeah, it is I fantastic. Um, the other really good party game that I have, which um, could scale larger than it, it's 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 only ten players, but you could probably scale it larger. You can also sort of you don't even have to buy it. You can make your own version. It's, you just get a, a pad of paper and some different like crayons or what are you saying? A fake artist goes to New York. Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. yes. Uh, where basically um, the entire table is drawing a joint drawing, mm-hmm. and everyone has a different colored pen, so you can see what everyone's contribution is. And you you write you 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 basically can draw you draw until you, you lift up your pencil. You can do, yeah. do a, one mark. One line. So it could be short, long, whatever. And it goes around twice, but the trick is that one person at the table doesn't know what, what the, you're all trying what, to draw. What you're all trying to draw, and so everyone's trying to figure out who's that one person, and that person's trying to figure out what you're all drawing. Or and if you're a mean host, you make everyone not know, and just see how the chaos ensues. Oh, that would be hilarious! Everyone too. is thinking they don't know, and is just drawing. Oh my whatever. god! But I've, I've seen <laughs> like, go to any Larry's party. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, but I've, I've, I've that game, that game is, is also stressful, though. Super stressful. That game and Spyfall are both so stressful. That Spyfall, I actually refused to play. But, but yeah. Spyfall, Spyfall, you have to think on your feet. With with Fake Arts goes to New York, you can. But you can still people start yelling at you about what you weren't doing. But it is the fun. It's high school all over again. I won't have it. But some of the belly, some of the belly laughs that have come out of that game. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, I do agree. I do agree. Love that game. Great, great suggestions. So that's all. Um, just some of the party poppers we're suggesting this this time round. Um, some of our future podcasts will kind of bring out some more, so that you guys can mix it up in case things are getting a little dull. Yeah. But uh, that's about it for this. Uh, episode where we talked about photosynthesis and some other fun things um, definitely uh, check us out on Instagram and Facebook under The Game Agenda if you want to see what stuff is coming up also if you want to see some great photos of photosynthesis we talked so much about the beauty of it so we'll post some photos there on, on those accounts so you can kind of check it out and follow us uh, and check out our next podcast wherever you find your podcast iTunes wherever it may be and you know check in we have lots more games we're going to talk about so i'm kevin i'm larry i'm ben and i'm matt and that was the game agenda